Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm your host today, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Weld County in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you today as you get to call in with your questions and also with your prayer requests. So I'd love for you to be able to do that. Let's have a, a wonderful hour here of just talking about the Lord and going to the Word of God and and uh, praying for one another. And uh, this is such a, a, a great program uh, for you to listen and to be blessed in every way because, you see, we're ministering not just to you who call in and ask a question or, or perhaps you have a prayer request or need to be encouraged or uh, have comfort or need wisdom. It's for everyone who's listening to be able to bless them as well. And so uh, we want you to participate today in Calvary Live. So give me a call. You just heard the number is 303-690-3000 is the number to call. So give me a call and let's uh, talk uh, about the Lord. Uh, you can ask your questions about the Bible, about Christian living, uh, how we should see things, our worldview as a Christian. And uh, so let's go to the Word of God together as we seek truth. And the Word of God is truth from Genesis to Revelation. Also, we're here to pray for you, and especially during this time of, of the uh, year as we're entering into the Christmas season. I do pray and hope that you had a great Thanksgiving last week, but uh, now we get into a time of year that can be very, very busy and uh, can be uh, overwhelming, but also can be very difficult at times uh, for those who uh, perhaps are going through loss or going through difficulties or uh, whatever the situation may be. And We want to be available to pray with you and encourage you in every way. So we got open lines. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 to be on the air, and we got a a second means for you to be able to ask questions and to be able to give prayer requests, and that's through a dedicated text line. And as I always encourage you and and I want to remind you that be safe when you're texting, and that dedicated texting um, or dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. And I'll repeat those numbers, 720-336-0897. And to call and talk on the phone, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range. we got a beautiful sunny day. Uh, so wonderful to see the sun come out the last couple of days. Um, and uh, especially after last week. Last week was difficult. Probably a lot of you, uh, you know, had to uh, adjust in different ways. Uh, maybe you were traveling. It was difficult. Uh, whether you're going east, north, west, or south, it, it was difficult. But um, we have sunshine today. Hope you're doing well. And uh, and love to hear from you as uh, you're out and about 
Uh, also want to welcome those on the East Coast listening on Truth and Hope FM. We're so blessed to be a part of your lives. You can call too at 303-690-3000 is the number to call and uh, be on the air. And as you listen to those uh, radio stations, Hope and Truth FM, you are a week delayed in the program. So you get to call in. We'll have the conversation and we'll talk and we'll pray with you. But then next week you get to listen to it and uh, with that week delay. Also, I want to welcome all the online listeners that listen from all over uh, the United States, anywhere in the U.S. You can call. We've had calls from Hawaii and and uh, all the way to Florida and, and New York and all over uh, in between. So we're so blessed to see the online listening audience grow and love to hear from you wherever you're at. And also we get those who are listening from different parts of the world, South America and Africa and Ukraine and different places, Europe, that we've heard from. So, so grateful that technology can connect us all together. So give me a call. we got a couple open lines. This is your show. This is your opportunity to be able to call in and ask questions and to receive prayer. And uh, we got a couple open lines. So let's go to Aaron, who is in Comrade City. Hi, Aaron. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Um, I actually called you a couple of months back and mm-hmm. um, my about my mom having a brain tumor and being very upset about all of that. I wanted yes. to call and give you an update on that. She'd, um, she pulled through. Um, she's actually doing very well right now. She's got a little bit of leg pain and can't drive, but she's, um, she's at home by herself now. She's... Um, watching movies and Netflix and stuff. But, yeah, she she pulled through, thank God, and she's a long road to recovery, but, but she's doing okay. And I wanted to thank you guys for all your prayers for her. Absolutely, and that's such good news. And, you, you know, I'm glad you called in. We always encourage people to follow up when we're praying for others. And, and so let's give the Lord thanks. Father, we thank you for Erin, her mom's surgery. And, um, Lord, we just pray for her and, um, that she continue to recover. I know it's a very stressful time, a lot of uncertainty, but we thank you for your healing touch. We pray that she would grow stronger and that she uh, would continue to recover. And Lord, just bless her in every way. And Aaron, this Christmas season, uh, as they are together, and Lord, just, um, just strengthen them and draw them close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Aaron, did you need prayer for anything else? Um, yeah, I, I've been, uh, I got laid off two months ago, and I've been having a little bit of trouble finding another job, and it's been, with the holidays and everything, it's kind of stressful. So I could use some prayers for a job that is, and that's not necessarily something that pays well, but something that I enjoy, and that can help me support my family. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it is, it's a stressful thing to be looking for a job, and and just yeah. as important as being able to provide for you is to be able to enjoy that job and and to be able to get up, you know, every day and go to work and and, and just be thankful. Right. And we are thankful for a job. So, Father, I do pray. Um, I do pray that you would just be with Erin as she got laid off a couple months ago, and now it's the Christmas season. And I just pray you take her to the right job that you would take her to that job that will provide for her and that would be a blessing for her to be there. And, Lord, so just uh, just intervene, set up those appointments that she needs 
uh, the right people to look at applications or whatever, lead her to the right place, and Lord, uh, just work in a mighty way, just like you have been working in her family and with her mom. And Lord, we just lift this all up to you because you care about everything in our lives, and, and you promise that you will provide for us. So provide for Aaron, bless her, help her uh, just get that job uh, right now that would be a tremendous blessing to her uh, in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Hey, Aaron. Merry Christmas. Thanks for calling and, and updating it. I really appreciate that, Aaron. No problem. Have a good day. You too. Bye. God bless you. 303-690-3000. We got a couple open lines, so I'd love to hear from you, pray with you, and minister to you in any way that we can. And so um, give me a call. We're going to go to Denver where Devin is on line two. Hi, Devin. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Um, so I'm go calling. Go. Go I'm ahead. calling because I had some questions. Uh, I've been talking with a brother I work with, and uh, we were just discussing religion. And I mean, for a while, I've been pretty conflicted trying to, you know, find my way. I guess, but I don't know. We've just been talking about Christianity and stuff, and. I've been trying to do my research and look into it and trying to figure out really how it's the right way and how every other way is wrong. You know, I just, I can't understand it. I just, I I can't put my finger on how it's right and why everything else is wrong and what the, the issue is, you know? So that's, I I just wish I could find the answers. Well, there are some answers, Devin, and I think you're asking some very important questions. Um, And, I think they're the right questions. What does make Christianity unique? Because that's a question that a lot of people have. How can you Christians say that Jesus is the way? How can you say that, you know, Christianity is right? And I want to start by saying this, that what makes Christianity unique, and and I had those same questions, Devin, when when I was out of uh, college and I was wondering, you know, what makes Christianity, you know, correct? What about you know, the Buddhists, what about the Hindus? What about, you know, others who have belief? They're very sincere, aren't they? And they are very moral, and uh, they have strong beliefs. And so those were very important questions. And so I began to investigate the Scriptures, and the Scriptures gave me the answers very clear. And I'll tell you, I'll just begin with this, that Christianity is unique because there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Okay. And you see, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say he was a way. He said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. That's what he said. He was going to go and die for sinful humanity. And on that cross, he cried out, It is finished. And the reason that he went to the cross, because all throughout the Bible, it tells us that we're separated from God because of our sin. Every single one of us have sinned. And Jesus came, the Son of God, to make atonement for our sins. So he died for our sins, and then he was put into a grave, and he rose again. So I began to really look at the resurrection. Did the resurrection, you know, can we really trust in the resurrection that there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem? And as I began to look at it objectively, I came to the conclusion, and, and, you know, 
um, and by faith, because you have to come to faith, that Jesus did rise from the grave, and he validated what he did on the cross and proved that he's the Son of God who died for our sins and is at the right hand of the Father. So, number one, there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Every other religious leader is in the tomb. No one else died for you, for your sins. So that's what makes Christianity unique. And Jesus made some claims that he is the way, truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He said, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So either he was a liar or he was a lunatic that thought that he was the Son of God or he was who he truly was. And I think that the resurrection proves that. So I think, Devin, that's to begin with that. And then there's other evidence, you know, the scriptures, the Bible, like prophecy and things like that. But I always go back to the resurrection, and Paul writes about, hey, when it comes to the resurrection, the Gospels, Jesus died for our sins, and he rose again after three days. And he died for our sins, and 500 people saw him at once. And and so they're the witnesses, all those things that, that really give us good reasons that Jesus rose from the grave. So, Devin, I would begin there. And there's some really good resources out there. One of the books that really helped me was ev- Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Um, and that was written by Josh McDowell. And he was very skeptic, and he began to look at it objectively. And, um, and he wrote a bunch of notes, and he came to the conclusion that Jesus is who he said he was. There's another book um, that is by Lee Strobel. He was an investigator, a, a journalist uh, that investigated, um, uh, investigator. And he was uh, one that didn't believe. So he began to investigate Christianity, and he came to the conclusion, the same thing, um, that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. Um, and he rose from the grave. And he wrote a book that's called The Case for Christ. So there's some good evidence out there, Devin, that Christianity is unique, and it is true, and Jesus is who he said he was, and that is the Son of God, that he is the way to heaven. He provided for forgiveness of sin, and that he is the Son of God who has provided. There is no one else nothing else that can save you only jesus have you pastor have you gotten to go to jerusalem and see the the tomb yeah i was just there um about a month ago that's wild it is matter of fact uh tomorrow at our wednesday night service i'm going to be giving a tour of israel for everybody in those biblical sites so you know, we walk where Jesus walked, in the garden tomb, and um, very well where Jesus could have rose from. But, you know, there's very good reasons. But, Devin, one of the things that, that I want to pass along to you is is you keep praying for the Lord to open your eyes because he loves you. And when he took that cross and walked down the Via Della Rosa, the Way of Sorrows, and to that place called Calvary, Golgotha, that place of execution. You know why he did it? I have no idea. He did it for you. He knew all about you. He knew when you would be born. He knew that you would call in on this day in December 2019 to Calvary Live. And I just want to tell you that as he was making his way to that cross, he was thinking about you. 
and he went to the cross to die for you and for your sins. And as he hung between heaven and earth, he did it because of his love for you. And you see, I, I think about that. When they came to arrest Jesus in the garden, he went willingly to the cross. Um, you know, they came to arrest him, and 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 Peter pulled out this sword, the gospel says, and was going to, you know, he cut off the ear of one of the guards. And Jesus said, put the sword away, Peter. Don't you know that I can call down 12 legions of angels? And he could have. He, he could have just spoken. You know, 76,000 angels would have descended upon Jerusalem, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the world. God could have started all over again, but he didn't. And he didn't because of you, because he set his love on you. And he desires for you to know that Jesus Christ is real. And he sent his son to die for you, and he loves you. And he rose again from the grave, and he's the son of God. And as you come in faith and call upon him, then you're born again by the Spirit of God. You become his child. You have the hope of eternal life and that you are forgiven. And that's the greatest need that any man or any woman has is to be forgiven of sin. And that's why Jesus came. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, Pastor. Yeah. So, you know, you can come to Christ because he loves you and he is your salvation. There is none other. You know, Buddha, Hindu, Muhammad, whoever, Confucius, none of them went to the cross for you. Only Jesus did. And Jesus is the only one that rose from the grave. And he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whoever, you know, believes in me, Jesus said, will have everlasting life. So what do you think? I think... I I want to do more research. I want to start with what you were saying. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense than the other religions. I mean, you're right. Nobody else did die on the cross for our sins, but yeah. And I would encourage you to do that. And I want to pray for you, Devin, that your eyes are opened up, but it's going to come to a point of, you know, people say prove God is real. You know, you can't go into a laboratory, you know, and, produce God, there is going to be that time if you sincerely in your heart ask him, make yourself real to me, he's going to answer that. And that you keep looking to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you keep looking to his death on the cross. He loves you. He wants to save you, Devin. And I'll tell you what, um, that's the conclusion that I came to many, many years ago. And um, he has made me a new person, and he grows me, and and he's freed me from the world, and oh, it's so wonderful. And that's what he wants to do with you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. You still? You still can I pray for you, Devin? Absolutely. I, Father, I pray for Devin. He's looking, and he's searching, and Lord, he's got questions. And I pray right now he may not be ready to come to you, but I pray that he would open his heart to you, that he would know that your son Jesus came to this world and died for him personally and loves him and went to the cross at Calvary to make atonement for his sin, rose from the grave, and it is through Jesus that there is a living hope that comes through his resurrection eternal life 
there's forgiveness of sin, and there is uh, a coming to the family of God in true relationship with you, that he would come to know that Jesus, just as he declared, that he is the way. There's no other way. He is the life. He's given us eternal life and wants to give us abundant life, and that he is the truth. Uh, he is truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ is the Son of God that sits at the right hand of the Father. I pray that you'd open Devin's eyes this Christmas and that he would understand that the free gift of salvation is available as he calls out to him. The greatest gift available is the one who was born that we're going to talk about uh, this Christmas season 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, and he came to this world for a purpose, and that is to bring us hope. I pray for Devin that as he asks those questions that you administer your truth and that, uh, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just draw him to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Devin, Thank you, Pastor. You got any questions, you call me personally at Calvary Greeley. You call the show, the other pastors. You keep asking, but we'll answer any questions that you have, okay? Yes, sir. I got questions. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> you ask them. It's okay. All righty. Okay. Thank okay, you, you so stay much. In touch. You're welcome. Yes, Thanks for calling. God bless. Thank you. You bet. 303-690-3000. I know I took a little time with Devin, but please pray for him. It's so wonderful to know that it isn't just Christians that listen to Grace FM. It's those who are wondering, those who have questions, and it's so wonderful to be able to share um, you know, the gospel. And so pray for Devin. And there's a lot of people out there probably wondering the same thing. Listen, Jesus Christ loves you, and he died for your sins, and he is our hope. There is no other salvation. Keep, you know, um, he's the one that that um, loves you so much. He went to that cross, and he rose again, and he's alive. And as you call upon the name of the Lord, you know, you will be saved. And you'll be brought into the family of God to where we have this spirit of adoption. We can cry out, Abba, Father. So uh, those of you who may be wondering, like Devin, um, come to Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news um, that has the power to save. So pray for Devin. And um, anybody else that got questions about Christianity, please give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Hey, we got, um, I think... Well, let's go to, I'm going to go to Teresa right here in Greeley, who's been waiting. Hi, Teresa. Teresa? All right, I don't know if Teresa's holding, so. Teresa was wondering who were the Philistines. So I'm going to go ahead and answer that. And um, I don't know, guys, if, if she dropped or not, if you can just let me know. But I'm going to go ahead and answer that question. If she is on, if you can connect her. Um, but she was asking who were the Philistines. The Philistines were ones who lived um, in that area of Canaan, and they were the enemies of Israel. Uh, David is the one that did a lot of fighting with the Philistines and subdued the Philistines. Uh, Goliath, we read the story about David and Goliath, he was a champion of Gath. He was a Philistine. So they were the ones that lived along the coast uh, that would come against, just like a lot of the Canaanite tribes did, the Moabites and the Ammonites and uh, others that came against Israel. And so those who were the Philistines are. And you can read about the Philistines mostly 
uh, in First and Second Samuel that David uh, did battle against and ended up defeating. So, Teresa, if you can call back from Greeley, we can answer your question more specifically if you have that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and move on with the phone lines. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Love to talk to you and, and um, just uh, bless you in any way that I can. Let's go to Stratton where James is on line one. Hi, James. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pretty blessed for the most part. Uh, I'm on a, a new journey with God, and it's been pretty awesome. Okay, stay close to him. Well, uh, Pastor, the reason I'm calling is because in my journey with God, I just walked away back in September from a relationship of nearly nine years, and her and I were unequally yoked in faith. And, you know, I tried to make it work and tried to make it work. And then I got saved and delivered to Christ. And then I realized everything that we were doing was wrong. And eventually it got to where she started attacking my faith. And the more she attacked my faith, the more she attacked me to the point that I left and I walked away. And anyway, I was helping her raise two children that weren't my own, but I still loved the kids, you know. And, you know, I gave them so much of my life. And anyway, now that. I'm away from them. They keep trying to reach out to me on social media, and I just don't have the courage to talk to them. You know, I mean, my heart's pretty trashed from the things that I endured. I suffered a lot to stay with her. And I guess I just, I'm having issues with knowing, you know, what to do. Do I go ahead and reach out and, you know, offer her closure, even though, I really don't think that's what she wants. I think she's just trying to do what she can to get me back because yeah. I was a useful. And that's, and that's the hard thing, James, because you know the situation, you know, a lot more than a one-minute conversation with me. And, you know, the, the things that really kind of uh, came out in the conversation explaining your situation is, number one, you're a believer now, and um, you've chose to, you know, to live for Christ and to... Um, to step away from those situations that were unchrist like um, not pleasing to him and now you've been attacked by it by and when you say an ex I'm assuming an ex-girlfriend yes sir and so you've chosen to do that where you're at right now I don't know whether you should contact her the Lord will give you peace when you're to do that um, um, you know um, a piece that rules in your heart. And so I do want to pray for you because we're getting ready to go to break. But but he will guide you and direct you. But one thing you can do is pray for her. And you said a I couple do, kids. Yeah, and pray for her every day. And just, you know, be be wise and discerning. And, um, and, you know, the Lord may have you contact her at some time. I don't know. I don't know. But be in that place where you got godly wisdom around you and brothers and sisters, you know, or brothers actually that can give you godly wisdom. And hopefully you can find a church that you can get plugged in and, you know, really guys that can come along and support you and, um, and, and just keep praying and the Lord will give you a peace. He'll be that voice saying, this is the way walk in it. So Lord, I just pray for James. He's in a hard situation. I know he cares um, very much for his ex, and he cares for those kids. 
But, Lord, he's placed himself where you are the priority. And I pray that you would strengthen him, give him wisdom. Lord, um, I pray that as they reach out, um, he's trying to be wise and discerning. So give him that wisdom. Give him that discernment. And, Lord, just guide him. And I pray that he would have some strong, godly men around him that could give him godly counsel and, Lord, support him during this time. And I just I just pray for James in this new new beginning with the Lord, with you. So um, strengthen him, guide him, give him wisdom in every way in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, James, amen. we'll be praying for you, brother. Okay? Thank you, Pastor. God touch. bless you. God bless you. Hey, we're going to the one break we have, the only break of the show. And we'll be right back. we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So blessed to be with you. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you on this day and for the second half of the show. We've had a great first half. And so we want to continue with the phone lines. Uh, we got a couple open lines, so 303-690-3000. Grab one of those lines. we got plenty of time in the show uh, to answer your questions, to pray for you, uh, to go to the Word of God, to encourage you in any way that we can. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Welcome, everyone who is tuned in. Uh, So blessed to be a part of your life and uh, and, uh, just to... Uh, be here to encourage all who are listening in to Calvary Live here in today's edition. Uh, Also, there is a means for you to text in. So text in a question or a prayer request at 720-336-0897. As we have time, we'll get to those text questions and uh, love to be able to answer them as time permits or to be able to go through those prayer requests as well. So we want to continue. we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those. And I want to go to Alicia in New Jersey because she's been holding for a little bit. Is it Alicia? Yeah, it's Alicia, but that's fine. Alicia. Okay. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Thank you for having the show. And just it's just amazing what God's doing through the radio. And it's just I, I love this show so much. I recently just started... Good. Um, listening to you guys a couple like about a month or so ago and I've learned so much I just had to just give glory to God on that he's just doing a work through you guys well good it's good to hear that you're being blessed by it yeah absolutely so I have one question and then I do have if if we have the opportunity a prayer request Um, absolutely so I actually I go to Calvary Chapel here um, in Gloucester County with Gary Clark and his okay. amazing wife, Val. And I love my church. I love my family. And I actually asked the question to them, and it brought up a lot of good talking points, and I wanted to get your—I thought this would be a good question to ask you. Um, so I'm going through the chapter um, 2 in Luke right now, and I noticed that twice in the chapter it's mentioned um, in chapter 2, verse 19. It says, um, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And then it refers to it again— 
in the last verse, right before the end, the second to last verse, I believe it is, um, where she says that. And I just wanted to know if you have any input on maybe the significance of it, because I feel like when God, you know, puts in his word something twice or three times or whatever, there's a significance there. There is. And when he repeats himself, it's like he's saying, pay attention. And, And there's reason for that. And as and you think about what Mary went through, historically, um, they believe that Mary was about 16 years of age. And think about this, um, you know, Alicia. Here is this teenage girl, a godly um, young teenager. We know that because when she gets word that um, that she's going to be carrying the Christ child, as you go back and read Luke chapter one. Um, Gabriel comes to her and says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And she is told she's going to be carrying the Christ child. And she said, How can this be since I have not known a man? And, of course, uh, she was told she's going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. So when she understands that, realizes that, she goes and uh, visits Elizabeth, who is carrying John the Baptist, and then in chapter 1, you have the Song of Mary, the Magnificat is what they call it. And her depth of maturity and understanding and praise is absolutely incredible when you read that. So here is this godly godly young lady that all of a sudden becomes pregnant. She's, you know, betrothed to Joseph. And Joseph, uh, a, a godly man, no doubt. And all of a sudden, the angel in Matthew's narrative tells us, comes and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit, and she's going to bring forth a son, and you shall save, name him Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. So can you imagine how overwhelming this is for them? And so Joseph was going to put her away secretly because he gets word that she's pregnant. It's like, what's going on? And so they're ministered to the truth that she is a virgin conceived of the Holy Spirit carrying the Christ child that's going to come on the scene. So they end up having to go to Bethlehem because the decree comes out in chapter 2 that you know all the world um, should be registering for new taxes and, and for uh, new census. So here's Joseph and Mary. They go from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. They come to the city. The road's jammed with travelers because everybody's in transition. You know, Joseph had to go because he was from the house and lineage of David. He had to go register for this census, for new taxes. They couldn't appeal to Caesar uh, Augustus, you know, the emperor. When he spoke, everybody trembled and everybody moved. And so all of a sudden, when they get into this little village of Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, that all the, you know, inns are filled, the private homes are filled, and somewhere on the edge of town, in a little cattle enclosure, by a little cave, she gives birth to the Christ child. And it's such an incredible story when you read it, because it's a story of aloneness. In other words, if she was back in Nazareth, under normal circumstances, she would have midwives around her, she would have, you know, the older women of the village there with her, helping her. But it says that she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She laid him in a manger. 
because there was no room for them at the end. Can you imagine how incredible this was? And all of a sudden, here she is pondering these things and these shepherds that were out in the field. And we were out in the shepherd's fields just about a month ago. Alicia, we were at the edge of Bethlehem. They weren't in Bethlehem because they said, let us go unto Bethlehem, somewhere out there with the sheep. And the message comes to them that don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, not just to those in Israel, not just to the shepherds, but for all people. For there is born to you in the day a city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So I believe she's pondering all these things, what has just happened, that, that God in the person of Jesus Christ born in this baby in Bethlehem, that's what she's pondering. She's pondering all these things. And it, it's just absolutely incredible. And, um, and so that's what she's looking at, just how everything has come to pass, how of all the women chosen throughout history, because they waited for the Messiah to come. They longed right. for the Messiah to come. You know, it was in Isaiah that he said that uh, Ahaz, I'll, I'll, uh, God's going to show you a sign that, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his sh- name shall be called Emmanuel. So all of a sudden, she's the one chosen to bear the Christ child, and she's pondering all these things, the Savior of the world. And that's why she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. And he has regarded the lowly state of the maidservant. So she's just, you know how you get overwhelmed at your salvation, that God loves you and he chose you and, and yeah. um, all that. And you kind of ponder all that. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's what she's doing. And she's pondering all those things. And I, I think that, you know, Mary would have to live with, and here's the thing, Alicia, Mary would have to live with the stigma that Jesus was born out of fornication. Mm. Because the religious leaders there in Jerusalem, when Jesus, you know, was talking with them and they were confronting Jesus and mad at Jesus, you know, they said, well, we weren't born out of fornication. And the indication was, you were. So she had to live with that stigma of she had a baby out of wedlock, you know, or she was you know, betrothed to Joseph, which is really the, they were considered husband and wife, but it's like our engagement period. You know, they didn't live together. They didn't know each other um, until the final stage of, of being married. And then Mary would have other children, of course, through Joseph. But she's just pondering all this, you know, right. and just am- amazed. So I don't know if that helps, but when you kind of yeah, put I it all together. I think what threw me was the but Mary. So like when in 18, when they say, and all who heard it wandered at what the shepherds told them. And then it said, but Mary treasured up all these things. I feel like maybe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but for me, when I was reading that and then read it again, I'm like, God, what are you trying to tell me here? Like, what is it? And I feel like Mm -hmm. when things happen in our lives that are just so amazing. And so like, we never, I mean, I, maybe to meditate more on that and what God's doing. And not that I'm ever giving birth to the Savior, but yeah. I'm just like a, a similar situation in a way where God's just moved in an amazing way to kind of soak it in, to really meditate on it. Um, yeah, and, and it is. And I think <laughs> to look at the Christmas story carefully, Alicia, because it says that she kept all these things and pondered them. What things? 
all the things of Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 that we just kind of highlighted. She's mm-hmm. pondering all those things and the journey and how God worked. And, you know, all of a sudden she's holding the Son of God, and she knows that, and she's pondering these things. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, a, just an amazing thing, exactly what her thoughts are. We don't know. The page of Scripture doesn't tell us. But yeah. I think it's important for us that when we do read the promises of the Lord and we see the goodness of the Lord, when we read the Bible, see, sometimes people read the Bible and it's just kind of an intellectual exercise that we want to ponder those things, don't we? Yeah. Um, we want to think about it. We want, you know, Lord, just minister to me like what you're doing. So I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And, um, and the Lord, you know, just ministers to us in a wonderful, wonderful way. So, um, that's well, thank kinda, you for that. I really appreciate that. A- absolutely. And um, she's just pondering these things. And, and I think that would continue, you know, because yeah, when absolutely. he was 12, remember when he was 12 and he was reasoning, they, you know, um, Jesus wasn't with them coming back from the feast. And Almost so three they days, might, right? They, they couldn't find him. Yeah, three days, which is significant whenever mm-hmm. you see three days. But he's there, and he said, I'm about my father's business. What does it tell us? Um, it tells us that they they um, did not understand the statement when she spoke to them. So they didn't fully understand everything. So they're kind of going through it and and um, pondering these things, and Mary would do that and continue to do that, clear up, you know, um, you know, to his public ministry. Yeah, I didn't know if I was reading into it too much or if it was just, but I just felt like if it's said twice, there's something there. There's something to really learn from that um, in in the moment. And uh, I do appreciate you explaining that. And I think I do have a better understanding, too, of just really just to grasp. I mean, I will never be able to grasp it, but try and grasp what Mary at such a young age was going through. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I do have a prayer request if you have a, a second for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So um, right now in my work environment, um, I actually heard a couple, well, about a month ago a guy had a similar prayer request. But in my work environment, it's very toxic. It's um, it's just a bunch of women that just speak very um, just inappropriate. And um, I'm surrounded by this on a daily basis. And they know I love Jesus, and they, I'm very open about it. They're used to the old Alicia before I rededicated my life and the party Alicia and all that. And so they, they're they not comfortable, I guess, with my new lifestyle. But just a prayer that um, God will just strengthen me in this work environment. It gets very—I um, feel very weak at times because of the stuff that I hear. I just want to kind of turn around and be like, can you stop talking, please? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I just prayer for that. You know, one of the things, and, and I'm going to pray for you, but I want to give you a verse. It's a verse that we're going to go over on Sunday when Paul was writing his last letter, he writes it to Timothy in Second um, Timothy. And he's encouraging Timothy because it's very difficult times. Um, Timothy's feeling the pressure of, of dealing with the false teachers within the church. He has the external forces of persecution um, that comes against him. So I want to pass along what he writes to Timothy. And as Paul's in prison, he puts pen to parchment for the last time. And he loved Timothy dearly, and he says, Timothy, hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. 
So you keep hanging on to truth. You keep growing. You're listening to Christian radio and Calvary Life. You're growing in the Word of God. And he goes on and he says, um, that therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And what is being told to us is that we will in, you know, go through some hardship as a Christian, just as you're doing yeah. in the work environment. But I want to pray that you'll endure that hardship as a soldier of Jesus Christ because it's a battle out there. It is a battle. And I want to be a light because I want to see these women get saved. Like, and it's just sometimes it's hard. It is hard, but be a light. Pray for them. Pray for them. Be a light. And um, you be ready to minister to them when the doors open. So, Father, I just pray for Alicia. She's, you know, growing. She's excited about your word. I pray that um, that she would hold fast to, to the word of God and that you would keep working it in her heart, growing her in every way. And, Lord, I do pray that you would um, help her in this work environment that's very hard, can be difficult. Um, and, Lord, that she would endure this hardship and be a light to those ladies, um, that they would see that she has the reality of Jesus in her heart. And, Lord, that it would delight and the love and the faith would be evident to them and that you would do work in those ladies and drawing them to you, that she would be able to share the gospel and her faith with them and be a light this Christmas season. Lord, help her, because it is a battle. When the world comes against us and and uh, people come down on us and talk about us, but Lord, help her to be strong in you and to be a light for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I, I really appreciate what you're doing here. And every time you pray Absolutely. for someone, I'm right there with you guys praying with them. God bless you. Keep in touch, okay? Absolutely. Have a blessed night. You too. God bless you. All right, we got some time left. I believe that uh, we got open lines, 303-690-3000. I'll look at the call screen here. Um, I do want to answer a question, uh, a couple things I want to cover uh, as we're getting towards the end of the show. One is that uh, Luke from Firestone uh, called, and he was asking about our prophecy update. Uh, just to let you know, as we're headed towards Christmas, that we will have Tuesday, December 24th, Christmas Eve uh, services, family services, and they will be um, at uh, the time of 3.30 and 5 o'clock, so we invite you to come out as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ um, and go over that magnificent story of the birth of Jesus and why he came. So Christmas Eve services at 3.30 and 5 o'clock here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. You can check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, calvarychapelgreeley, one word, dot O-R-G, on our website, we'll have it all posted there, directions to the church. Also, what we got going on is on New Year's Eve, a week later on Tuesday night, I do my annual prophecy update. And that's what Luke was asking about. Um, if it will uh, be available, we'll have, uh, you can get on our website and uh, you can listen to the service live. You can see the service as I do that prophecy update, is very popular. And so we're going to talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, as we talk about those things around us that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ, 
So we invite you 7 o'clock on New Year's Eve to come out and, and join us for the Prophecy Update. I do it every year um, because I believe that we're getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, and, and he can come for the church at any time. We see um, stage-setting events that are taking place all around us uh, that are pointing to his soon return. Also, what we're going to do tomorrow for our Wednesday night service, as I mentioned, that I was in Israel uh, just last month, took a group there. We went all, all over Israel. So I am going to be given a slideshow of Israel to show the different sites because not everybody can go to Israel. So we're going to bring Israel to you. And it's not going to be, here's Pastor Jeff you know, at this site, and here's Pastor Jeff at this site. We're going to show you the sites, the biblical sites that we went to. We're going to show you the amphitheater that Paul stood to give his testimony before Agrippa there in Caesarea. We're going to show you what Mount Carmel looks like, where Elijah called down fire from heaven. We're going to show you the Valley of Jezreel or the Valley of Megiddo, what it looks like, where the last world war is going to take place right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Nazareth. Uh, we're going to show you the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, Caesarea Philippi, where Peter made his confession. You know, the well of Herod, where Gideon called his mighty man uh, to battle against the Midianites. The Dead Sea, the, the caves of Quran, Jerusalem, where the temple stood. All that we're, we're going to show you. So it's going to help you go from audio to visual in your Bible. So come out and join us for that special service tomorrow night at 7 o'clock as we take a tour of Israel, and I'll show you those slides. I know you'll be tremendously blessed uh, as we do that. Plus, we have got a place for all the kids, and we do something very special with the kids on Wednesday night in December. We call December to Remember. We've been doing it for years where the kids are going to do some special things uh, for, for Christmas so Wednesday night, bringing them out. And I know it gets busy during this time of the year with kids having, you know, programs and, and things like that. And university has finals. But if you can come out and spare an hour or so, uh, I know that you'll be blessed and your kids will be tremendously blessed. we got a place for the youth to meet as well as we come together to worship and to go over those Israel slides. Again, Christmas Eve services, 335 on Tuesday, December 24th. And then Luke, if you're listening, then you can and anyone else that you, if you can't make it here to the church, that we will be live streaming the Prophecy Update uh, on New Year's Eve uh, and uh, as we go over Scripture. And uh, we need to be watching and waiting. We need to be, continue to pay attention what the Scripture says. I think you will thoroughly enjoy it. And uh, it's very, very popular, the Prophecy Update. So I just wanted to let you know that. Also, um, as we have all lines open, hey, if you got a chance, 303-690-3000, you can call and we can get a question in real quick before we um, uh, end the show. Also, um, I want to ask for prayer for a uh, Fort Lupton police officer that was shot last night uh, during domestic call. He's in critical condition. And so I would just like to lift him up. It's, it's, um, we need to pray for peace officers, uh, law enforcement uh, that put their lives on the line every single day, 24-7. And so we want to pray for him 
We want to pray for his family. Um, I don't have a name to give, but the Lord knows who he is uh, from Fort Lupton. And so, Father, we pray for this officer that's in critical condition, the last that we've heard, um, that was shot last night. Uh, I pray that you would uh, bring your healing touch, restoring touch to him. And, Lord, um, that you would just minister to him right now in every way. Be with his family. Uh, because peace officers, they are husbands, their fathers, their 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 wives, their mothers, their daughters, their their sons, and here is somebody that uh, has family, has friends, and and belongs to the family of law enforcement. And so, Lord, I just pray that you be with him, his family, minister to them, the strength that they need, the wisdom that they need. Um, Lord, the comfort that they need. Be with the doctors, um, the medical team that is ministering to him, uh, that they, um, Lord, would be used by you in a powerful way. Lord, I pray for the Fort Lupton Police Department that's going through this very difficult time because I know it's hard for an agency when they go through one of their own being shot, critically injured. And Lord, I just pray for them for strength as they have to continue their duty. And, Lord, I just pray that um, that you would uh, just continue to minister um, to them in every way and to all our law enforcement. Keep them safe. Keep them safe this Christmas season, Lord, as they're out protecting us. We just lift this all up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, well, we just got a few minutes. Let's go to Denver where Tim has a question. Hey, Tim. Hey, Pastor. Um, How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. So, uh, sorry. So I was reading through First Timothy, and it was talking about um, deacons. And right. I don't remember exactly what verse it said, but it said somewhere that they get tested. Um, and I was just right. wondering, like, how do they get tested? Well, when Paul was writing Timothy in his first letter, he's talking to Timothy about conduct in the church, how the church order should be. He gives them the qualifications of leadership. He goes through chapter 3 of 1 Timothy, first seven verses of an overseer, that is an elder. Then he gives Mm -hmm. the qualifications to the deacons. The deacons were the ones that served in practical ways. We know that from Acts chapter 6 because they were assigned to serve the widows, to serve tables. So he says that likewise deacons must be reverent. A lot of the qualifications that were in an elder not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, um, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let those also be tested. Uh, Let them serve as deacons being found blameless. And what it means is being tested is that they're faithful to what they've been doing. In other words, as they would ordain deacons, they're just confirming what God has already been doing in their lives. Um, and that has that ministry of service, of helping in practical ways. So that's what it means to be tested. Um, They just didn't have a a vote. Because see, what happens, Tim, is some churches have a vote. Well, let's have Mm -hmm. a vote, and let's see who we're going to appoint as a deacon. Well, they may not have that gift, that calling. So whenever we lay hands on somebody, whether it's an elder or a deacon, we just want to be confirming what God is really doing in their lives. 
you sense and you see the calling of God in their lives. And it's kind of like with the overseer, not a novice. In other words, not a young Christian, an immature Christian. So it's the same with the deacon. Not a, 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 a mm-hmm. new convert, brand new, but let them grow. Let them mature. Let them be tested in this and let them serve as deacons being found blameless. That isn't that they're perfect, but blameless mm-hmm. means that we can look at their lives and say, you know, they really have the calling of God on their lives. Um, and God is using them. And we're just going to confirm what God is doing and what he's calling them to do. Does that help? Yeah, because like the previous um, churches that I used to go to, it was they voted like deacons yeah. in and whatnot. I just wasn't sure, like, do they get, I guess, tested before? Do they make sure yeah. that they're, like, the right fit and everything? And do yeah. they make sure and that, just, like, God had ordained them for it, too? So Yeah, and it's just, that's what it is, just confirming the work that God's doing in them. So, um, you know, there's nowhere in the Scripture that says we vote in leadership, we vote in, you know, th- those people, or it ends up, you know, who's the most popular or whatever. And it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. there aren't those who are voted in that, you know, don't have that calling, but it is recognizing uh, Timothy, those who have been tested, those who are going to serve in practical ways and to fit the qualifications that are listed there. So, hey, good question. God bless you. Thank We're you. getting ready to close. And thank you, everybody that's called in and uh, appreciate you being a part of Calvary Live. Today is Giving Tuesday, so support your local radio. Uh, Grace FM, those on the East Coast, Truth and and Hope FM, and uh, continue to listen. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.